This holiday, the best gifts are personal, and there's nothing more personal than the gift of good health. Whether your loved one runs, bikes, hikes, whatever it is, if you want to improve their wellness, Inside Tracker is the most personalized way to make sure their body stays fit for the long haul. Gift cards and clothes are impersonal and expected. Why not get loved ones a gift that is truly special and unique to them? This Black Friday, save $200 on the Inside Tracker's Ultimate Plan plus free inner age, the most comprehensive way to get personalized insight into their body's well being. No two people achieve optimum health the same way. Age, genes, nutrition, lifestyle, psychology all play a part. But no matter who you're shopping for, Inside Tracker's personalized nutrition and performance system provides more detailed analysis of their biomarker data from their blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracking. Inside Tracker gives them the, the power to live a healthier, longer life through concrete, personalized action plans consisting of proven science-backed recommendations. So go to InsideTracker.com slash Dr. Drew today to save $200 on Inside Tracker's ultimate plan plus free inner age and enjoy 25% off site-wide to give the gift of personalized health. InsideTracker.com slash Dr. Drew. Well, here we are on lockdown. How are you? It's Booker of the Perez Hilton Podcast with Chris Booker. We get it. We know you're bored. We're still doing shows. We're keeping you up to date with everything entertainment. A little bit of relief from everything that's going on in the world. You could get the show on Spotify. You could get it on your Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app. Whatever you do, download it, subscribe, and get the PHP, the Perez Hilton Podcast with Chris Booker. And everything that's entertainment will be covered. Hey everyone, Dr. Drew Podcast. Thank you all. Keep supporting those that support us. and We appreciate it very much. We try to bring you things that we think are worthwhile and uh, certainly keeps the wounds in the sail of the Corolla pirate ship so we can keep doing this thing we like doing. Appreciate your calls today. Um, we're going to take some calls right now, starting with uh, Sam. Hey Sam, what's going on? Oh, hey. Hi, Hitler. Hi, Hitler. <laughs> I'll explain that in a minute. So, <laughs> anyways, man, uh, basically, uh, basically, my question has been... Um, I, uh, I've been struggling with alcoholism for a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been to, you know, inpatient, I've been to detox and then AI seems to kind of go back. Um, I'm about to start outpatient and I'm a little terrified of it, I guess, uh, because, um, I suffered seizures. Yeah. So how, um, how much, when was your last drink? Um, a few minutes right ago, now. a few minutes ago. Yeah. Presently. And how much are you drinking now on the average day? Um, I usually do about like, I've, I've tapered it down to like about like a six pack or just over. No hard liquor. Um, I've cut out a hard liquor, okay. uh, because that was my problem. I used to be, a. uh, Heavy vodka drinker. Okay. And are you using any anti-anxiety you medicines, Ativan, Librium, anything like that? Um, you know, I've tried to be prescribed Ativan or Librium and things like that, but my doctors are very hesitant to prescribe it. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very, very, very bad for you, but usually people mix that in somehow. Yeah. And um, so I am on gabapentin. Okay. Uh I think it's called adetoxamine, um, kind of for ADHD and, you know, mood and things like that. But you better spell um, that one for me. What is that? Adetoxamine, I think. I don't have it right by me, but. Adetoxamine. Yeah. See if I can get close there. Because psychostimulants would not be good for you. Not good. Uh, that, that may be the uh, reason you're having such trouble staying sober. Uh, possibly. Um,. Yeah, and, uh, and then, yeah, um, why am I spacing here? I can go to the bathroom here. What's that? Find it. It's all right. Oh, uh, my other medicine I use for sleep. I also uh, have trazodone. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so, yeah, I just, I'm really trying to keep my life together. You know, I have a 
good relationship going. And uh, to be honest, I'm hiding my drinking from her. Trust me. Trust me. She probably knows. Usually people around you know. Yeah. Surprisingly, she hasn't brought it up. Yeah. Um, But, um, so, um, and I don't want to lose her. You know, she's a really great, great woman, you know. Right, right. Now, so yeah. why, what do you think has been missing in your treatment? So you've, you've gotten the principles, you've actually had periods of sobriety or at least abstinence. What's missing? Yeah. What do you, what do you not do? What half measures are you doing that puts you in this position? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, it, it's kind of a struggle because I'm living on my own and, you know, I work a very working class job. And so I have to work very long hours, you know, to keep myself afloat. So I haven't been able to, and I found a good home group, okay. you know, which is great. Okay. Or amazing. Okay. And so so hang on a second. Let's sort of add up the square. So so it's hard to prioritize, and, and that prioritization has some realities in it, which is you need to work. And do you have a sponsor with that home group? I do, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's actually the leader of the group. And okay. he's been very very awesome but i haven't been able to make it for a few weeks because i always end up having to work okay and what's the longest period of time you stay sober um you know if we're talking the last few years or so i would say um i made it about four or five months okay and were you doing steps during that time were you going to meetings regularly how did that go? You know, I wasn't actually. It was just after I was uh, out of a month-long um, treatment. You know, right? So you, in, inpatient, right. yeah. But then you didn't and, do. Then you didn't do what you're supposed to do on the other side of that, right? Uh, yeah, I guess right. so. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Honestly, that's why I think the only reason I didn't is because the reason I went in is because I had a DUI and I had a breathalyzer that I had to use every few hours. Right, and so and so you had a you've had a structure in place that kept you sober, which helps you, which makes me wonder. You know, have have you you might talk to your doctor first of all. If this if that is a stimulant you're on, you got to get off that. So everybody with alcohol okay. for everybody with alcoholism has ADD, ADHD. It's just part of the disease. Yeah. and so and Thanks, everybody sir. does fine in recovery without a psychostimulant. Everyone does okay when when they're sober. Mm-hmm. When they're using, you're always discontented, miserable, and looking for solutions. Stimulants yeah. keep you using. It's not a good idea. That, that's just generally my point of view. Talk about that with your doctor, number one. Number two, well, there we go. We know why you didn't stay sober. You didn't do what you need to do, right? You were, you were, you know, you know what you needed to do, and uh, you had structure in place, and you relied on that, but you didn't do the internal work so you'd be able to sustain this. However, that all that structure does suggest that you respond to structure and so you might talk to your yeah. you might be a candidate for something like antabuse. You know, there are there are antabuse implants you can put in your arm that uh help you not use. I'm I'm not a yeah. huge antabuse fan because, you know, if you're gonna use, you're gonna just use. That's the way it goes. And it could be dangerous if uh mm. you know, if you've got a you know, an antabuse implant in and you try to use. But Yeah, I took something last year I or I forget what it's called. But it's an injection, and it's supposed to make you not feel the effects of alcohol. Vivitrol. That was the other thing I was. Vivitrol. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. That, did that work for you at all? Um. Halfway. All right. I mean, you might do that again. It's a little expensive, but you know that's something that you can do for yourself. Yeah. It's really. Yeah. I mean, you're you're on your way. Sam, uh, you know the reality yeah. is that it's ne- you, it's never a straight line to sobriety. It's it's a it's an on again off again thing till you till you get there, and you just and I don't worry about people that are struggling. I I worry about people that that stop struggling. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you just, right. if you just leave and you know you called me right, you're struggling. You want you want guidance. You want help. And, and so to, to me, that's like okay, let's get going. So to me, it's kind of simple for you right now. So here's kind of mm-hmm. basic the way I would approach somebody like you is, gee, it sure would be nice if you were living in a sober living. I'll tell you what, people forget how powerful yeah. al- alcoholism is. It, when it really goes, when it's really bad, it's like opiate addiction. It's 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 hard to stay stay sober. It's really really hard. And you're a great example mm-hmm. of that. And people don't appreciate that because most people kind of 
you know, they decide, you know, what their relationship with alcohol is going to be or they're a binge user or something, you're the real deal. You're the real deal, and it is tough. So sure like you to be in a sober living. That may not be possible for you. So that's one thing. So it should be nice to be in a structured environment. Number two, talk to your doctor. I've considered it. Yeah, so think about that. Talk to your doctor about – about getting some Vivitrol again, getting off the psychostimulant, maybe getting some abuse. So that's something you can do with your doctor, number two. And then number three, and this is the main thing I want you to do, throw mm-hmm. yourself on the mercy of your peers at your home group and say, help me. And just yeah. run, run the flag up. Just go, I, I surrender. What, can you guys help me? And they can help you. They can sit on you during withdrawal. They can help you. They can talk to your doctor. They can you know, watch you very carefully during the early days. You know, they, Somebody did that for them in all likelihood. And and they may sure. say, and they may say, hey, Sam, we know you. I don't know you, so I can't say this. But they may say, yeah. hey, Sam, we know you. You got to go to sober living or, hey, you got to go into treatment. I don't like people getting retreated and retreated and retreated. I always feel yeah. like you should go to like a, a lower level of care when you're struggling but know what to do. And that will be sort of a halfway house sober living kind of thing. So, Sam, those are my three kind of ideas. So it's talk to your doctor about the abuse and the Vivitrol and the psychostimulants getting off. Two – Think about halfway house, have sober living. Three, go to your home meeting, run up the flag. Okay? Yeah. And I've I've been trying to talk to my manager about, you know, because it only runs on Tuesdays. Yeah. And I want to go there. Yeah. And I've been asking again and again to have that day off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it means we're to so details. understaffed at yeah. You know, the restaurant I work at, it's like... But Sam, here's the problem. You're going to hurt yourself or somebody else driving to work, or you're going you're gonna to have a seizure and fall and hit your head. You know, something nasty is going to happen. That's the way this goes. Some, some shitty thing happens if you don't take yeah. care of business. So let's do it before that happens, okay? All right, buddy. Sounds like a plan. Good, good luck, and, Sam. Uh, you know what to do. I have you, one more question. Yeah. Uh... You know, for the mommies out there. Yeah. Uh, I uh, have been in touch with the great uh, Robert Paul Champagne. Oh, lately. good for you. Good for you. Yeah, yeah. Please tell him, him I talk about on Instagram. Tell I call him, him from there. That's hysterical. And uh, he's, he's up and rolling again. And I was wondering, is there a chance? We might ever see him on the uh, after uh, after dark. Oh, I've been begging for it. I, I'm ready for it. I've missed him. I, I, I the yeah. answer is yes. But you know, I sort of take my direction from Mission Control over there, and and Nadav yeah. is my sort of uh, ma- manager. And uh, we're talking about uh, Doctor After Dark podcast. It's a YouTube, uh, yeah. Like and yeah, uh, there's a there's a famous closer. figure there named Robert Paul Champagne who I visited. We still haven't shown the second part of that visit, which is pretty intense. And uh, <laughs> and I love Robert, and I'd love to talk to him. And uh, yeah, whatever he wants to do, I'm, I'm up for it. So the answer is yes, Sam. And uh, I will I will I will reiterate that uh, I think they may be saving it for a live show or something too. And 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 Tom and I still. Have a plan to go to dinner with him in New York City. We want to go see his drag show in Coney Island, and then we want to take him to Per Se for dinner. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and so let me just flush out a little more what Sam was saying. He he uh, said, hi, Hitler, when he picked up the phone, when I said hello to him. And that is a greeting over there at your mom's house because there was this psychotic girl that used to post posts, and she'd start every post with – she thought she was talking to Hitler on her Instagram, and she would every post go – Hey, Hitler. Hi, Hitler. What's going on today? Very weird, very disturbing, but that became a greeting over there. And uh, and then he said, and Sam used another word, basically, which is a throwback from Loveline when Mike Catherwood used to point out that his brethren used the word basically every other word, almost like a comma. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine some one of my mom's friends who's like, oh, Dr. Drew's taking phone calls. <laughs> Listening to this. <laughs> Listening to this. Hi, Hitler. Who's mom? <laughs> I know. I what know. house? Mo- what are you calling, talking about? Why is he calling you mommy? Robert Paul Champagne. Yeah, Who's, I know. He drinks champagne? So, 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 <laughs> Stop trying to explain it. It's impossible. I was right. just commenting on the absurdity. Okay, but, but, but here's the reality. It's, it's a little world over there at your mom's house. Which it's, I know and love very it's well. It's full of codes and characters and, and things that you have to have been a part it of to a appreciate. It is a nine-year inside joke. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so whenever anybody greets each other – they, from that world, they'll call each other mommy or jeans. I don't know if it was that caller or one of the ones we're about to take, yeah. but they very embarrassingly at the end while I was screening their call went, 
Well, I also have a question about brown. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool, man. No problem. Which I is, got you. Brown, white, yellow is also code for your mom's house. Mommies, Hitler, these are all codes. Robert Paul Champagne's a character that I – probably the first – he was the – when I first went into their little world, I was invited when they when it used to be at your mom's house. It used to be in the back of their house. And uh, the first video they showed me was Robert Paul Champagne, and I was confused, upset, yeah, disturbed, <laughs> and, and have remained pretty much the same ever since. So. Well, they they are as they have grown their community. Their community has started to funnel them this stuff that yes. they used to curate themselves. Right. That's right. And when you have assistance, yeah. it the internet's a, a wild place. It is a wild place. Somebody got to me on a streaming show yesterday. And I didn't know he was, I guess, one of the subjects of who we were talking about. I, I, oh. I, and I said, please, you know, send me an email, contact.drew.com. You yeah. Know? And uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I never know. I always feel bad for everybody we're looking at, frankly, myself. That's sort of my general tone is, God, poor person. And then hilarity ensues. All right. Let's uh, keep going here. This is uh, Andy. Andy, what's going on? Hey there. Hey. Hey. So... First off, thank you for the pandemic show for the past year and a half. Got me through that. Good. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, I it was, appreciate it. So when Andy's talking about another thing I do where I do a streaming show, and we just try to make sense of what's going on out there. And for and for a good year, it was everything was insane. And I was just trying to make sense of stuff and try to be sane, sane about everything. It was it was not, out there. It's getting there. We're coming back, right? We're coming back around. Uh, even though what I find curious about the present moment is – we have almost as many cases as we did during the most significant surges we've had. Uh, fortunately, because of the vaccines, I think most people are not having severe illness. But most people are not having severe illness because they're they're taking steroids when they get sick and they're getting monoclonal antibodies. And soon enough, they're going to be taking the Pfizer antiviral. And then then, then the cases don't matter. We shouldn't even be looking at cases anymore. What's Gary's exhausted. Yeah, I'm just I'm, yeah, I'm so tired of this. I know. I know. It's and you've had Carol the whole time going, "Why are you listening to them?" <laughs> but you you can't help it. Well, what are you supposed to do? I know. I, the other day, I, yeah. this the, the other day I needed something from Home Depot and I decided, "You know what? I don't need to drive. I'll just walk." <laughs> I walk over there and I got to the door and I realized, no, "Oh shit, uh, I'm in LA yeah, County." Yeah. Uh, Cuz I don't live here You're and in it's Orange just, County. This yeah. is so it's such bullshit that I drive yeah. an hour and the rules change completely. Like, Comple- what the fuck completely, are we talking? Completely. What are we doing? We used, during during the pandemic, we would go down to Orange County for relief. Yeah, no, no. That was the except, happiest I've ever been to commute. The, except there was still insanity about the beaches and stuff like that. That was From, oh, disgusting incompetence. Oh, there was nine Clo- months there where it sucked everywhere. But yeah. then we loosened up down there. Well, I would go to Dana Point where the sheriff refused to uh, enforce all that stuff. Right. So there you go. I didn't get sick ever down there i got sick when i came up to the to pasadena and tried to get the vaccine from my hospital and was told that i had i had to wait at the back of the line because their uh employees had to be vaccinated first even though i was wanting to be a volunteer in the emergency room i was i was taking care of covid patients doesn't matter the window washer is going to get it first because that's fair okay that's fair the whole thing when people look at the rollout for the vaccine i there should be suits about that. I, I took it and got sick and whatever. I was, you know, my, I get bad viruses anyway. I was probably going to get sick no matter what. And I've got amazing immunity now. I'm happy to have it. Although I'm worried about my brain. Andy, what's going on? Okay, sorry. So I need to sidetrack this. Um, I just need some advice. So uh, yeah. I've been married for a while, and my wife has had severe depression ever since uh, we had our first child. Ooh. And the second child, uh, her depression's getting worse. And I think she's bipolar. She's told me she has. She's. It was hard getting support during the pandemic because we really started noticing a uh, declining uh, of her mental state. Mm-hmm. And you know, recently it's getting ten times worse. She's drinking now. Uh-oh. There's, you know, she takes you know, benzos. Uh-oh. She takes um, stimulants to stay awake. Uh-oh. And. Yeah, and I don't know what to do. She wants to do an outpatient thing, but I think she needs to be inpatient, but she thinks I'm trying to throw her away. Well, get her in. Here's my advice to you. Uh, Provided it's a decent program, get her into whatever program you can get her into. 
and they'll okay. let them dis- decide whether or not she's appropriate for outpatient or inpatient. And if she fails outpatient, trust me, they'll be all over her. You know what I mean? Take, okay. take each, this shouldn't be your responsibility. This should be the caretaker's responsibilities. And you must go to a program called Al-Anon. You must, you must, yeah. you must. You must get a sponsor. Every interaction. Not SEMA. What's that? Not SEMA. SEMA. What's SEMA? It's like a mental health. You know, coping with people that have mental Oh, no, no. This is different. Uh, uh, the, yeah, that's always good to have that kind of support. But this is different. This is because the, the disease of addiction, which she kind of seems to have here, it, it, it'll it enlist you in helping her use. You literally will become part of the addiction. And you have to understand how that works. And it's very subtle and it's very weird. And you have to have a sponsor there with you to alert you. To how it's getting, how it's sucking you in, because on our own, the way the the best way you see it is with children, you know, moms and children, in that every great parenting instinct we have gets used by the addict to keep using, (laughs) and you have to break that with Alan. You have to have the person. Well, that's why I don't know what to do right now. Do I? I mean, do I sit there? Because I mean, for you know, three four days out of the week, fine, and then you know, I could tell when she went to a. You know, get stimulants, and she turns into you know a psychopath, and then snaps out of it the next day. And uh, yeah. I don't know if I go to Alan. Go to I a meeting. Go to a meeting. Just go look. I'm, I'm going to an Alan meeting. Yeah. Sorry, I can't handle this. Going to a meeting. Talking to my sponsor. They, believe me, that catches their attention. When you start doing things that is treatment oriented for their disease, it, it catches their attention. Trust me. So that's what I'd urge you to do. Just go, hey, I, I've got to talk to my sponsor before we say anything more. You just got to like stay engaged in the process and get her to whatever level of care she will agree to. Okay? Okay. But make sure it's good. All right. All right? All right. Thank you. Yeah. And then, then again, you know, I, I get discouraged sometimes by the primary care, not the primary caretakers, but the people whose responsibility it is to care for the person who accepts the responsibility, who becomes their doctor, who becomes their mental health team. That person has an ongoing responsibility. Even if the patient doesn't show up, you got to follow them. You got to find them. Now, the patient can terminate the care. They're always entitled to do that. But to the extent that they are still under your care, You are responsible all the time. And if your level of service is not adequate, you are responsible to refer them to a higher level of care. Did you know that all of Podcast One shows stream 24-7 at LiveByLive.com on the Live by Live app? With the Live by Live app, you'll get podcasts, the latest breaking news, and the best handcrafted music stations anywhere you go for only $3.99 per month. And I haven't even mentioned the live events yet. Live by Live streams the biggest events on the planet, including our Hearts Radio Jingle Ball, coming up December 3rd. Get it all with a free seven-day trial. Go to livebylive.com forward slash Drew. Well, Calibrate works because they combine doctor-prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. Yep, that's right. It is a fully integrated program combining classes, one-on-one video coaching, and an app tracking and community members like you. The earliest members lost an average of 14% of their body weight, exceeding the 10% average weight loss results seen in clinical trials. That's right. This is why traditional diets don't work. You can't fight your biology. Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive, physician-guided, metabolic reset. They provide comprehensive wellness plan, personalization to meet your needs, and easily fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often as you like or as little as you like. Your goals are personalized and tracked by physicians and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get in control with Calibrate. That's right. Get this right with the biology. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use promo code DREW at join calibrate.com that's join second word c-a-l-i-b-r-a-t-e join calibrate.com that's $50 off when you use the code drew at join calibrate.com well you've heard me talk about fume the natural way to quit smoking and now i've given it to dawson and he's using it and he said he particularly likes the hand-to-mouth uh, sort of satisfaction of using the fume products it's made from super plants and uses behavioral science and great design it's a fun not awkward way to give a gift of helping somebody quit smoking there's absolutely nothing more important for your health than stopping smoking fume is a more enjoyable and benefit-packed way to quit comes with 
new olive wood fume, and four unique, for this box only, cores. Snickerdoodle, candy cane, eggnog cookies, spiced orange. That's right. It's for the holidays. It's a limited supply, and each box is numbered. So what I want you to do is go to breathefume.com slash Drew. Again, that is B-R-E-A-T-H-E. F-U-M, B-R-E-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash Drew to get your holiday box today and start giving the gift of quitting smoking. Again, nothing, nothing could be more important for somebody you care about this holiday season than getting them to stop smoking. And this is a pleasant, convenient, and easy way to get it going. Ronnie, what's going on? Hey, man. Um, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I, um, I used to watch Loveline and stuff when I was a kid, and 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 so you you've definitely taught me a, a ton of things. Um, cool. The reason I'm calling is because uh, over the years I, I have become an alcoholic. I'm not proud of it. Uh, for 15 years, I, I was able to keep it, uh, you know, functional. Yeah, you know, I'd go control. to work. I would yeah. even drink at work and everything, and, and I still made everything work. Yeah. Problem is. I got married, um, and obviously it is a problem. I have a child now and everything, but I, so whenever I try to stop drinking, mm-hmm. of course the um, the withdrawal is, every time I've tried, I just get more scared and scared of the withdrawal each time. Sure, sure. But whenever I do go through it, um, and I get through it, um, the last time I stopped drinking was at the beginning of this year mm-hmm. and I went four months mm. without an erection hmm. That's interesting. and I don't understand it. Uh, um, I even got on antabuse. I, I told my doctor, look, I got to stop. This has to quit. I'm Good having a problem. And, and I requested antabuse. Um, Do you think it could have been the antabuse? I don't know. I don't I, know. I, I, but I, I did tell the doctor. Yeah. I said, look, man, I haven't had it. And he just glossed over the fact. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, you know, doc- <laughs> We have a way as – I'm sorry that he did that, but I'm laughing because we as physicians have a way of just going, well, that's not going to kill you. I'm worried about what's going to kill you. you know, let's, let's not talk – don't worry about your your Peter right now. Let's worry about get, keeping you <laughs> – you know, and it's it's so funny we do that, but it's a big deal, of course, a big deal to you. Let me look it up here. I, I've, I have heard of this just from early sobriety, so hold on a second. I mean, I mean, I've drank for a very long time, and, yeah. and, and I have drank for a very long time my um, – I can drink a lot. Yeah, <laughs> sounds stupid. That's, I'm not bragging about no, it. No, no, that's I can't. part of that's part of. Um, that, uh, that's part I got of, like that Burt Kreischer thing going on. Well, that's part of alcoholism. Is that that you know? There's a, some studies were done. Try to figure out. There's an excellent study. A guy named Mark Shuckett down in San Diego did this study. We tried to figure out how to predict whether or not sons of alcoholic fathers had traits that predicted <clears throat> that they would develop alcoholism, and they found only one trait that could predict the high probability of alcoholism, and that was resistance to alcohol intoxication. Is that interesting? Right. Okay. Okay. My, so my, my, my dad, he was able to just stop drinking, but my grandfather died of alcoholism. Yeah, it's usually you need help. So, I mean, hold on. I'm still looking at, I'm still looking at, uh, okay. Okay. Inf- no problem. I, I really appreciate your time. This is, sure, I mean, this is, it, it's awesome. It's weird that I, I can talk to you like a normal person because I felt like I was going to be like starstruck. Oh, no, 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 cool. no, no, no. Don't do that. It's just, we're no, we're both normal people. You didn't ask for this condition. It's a genetic thing. You, it, you'd activated. It, it's got you and uh, you don't, you don't want it. Here it is. Um, I don't, there's nothing. Hmm. Bit, yeah, it, well, I mean, it was weird. Like, I couldn't even, like, it, it couldn't even masturbate. Like, it was just, there was just nothing there. You, and and yeah, it was, I, you know, what I, I would don't know. do is, I've heard that again with just with abstinence, right? Because your your autonomic nervous system goes through massive changes when you come off alcohol, and so it has always made sense to me that men would be have trouble with both arousal and libido and everything. Uh, let's see, here's sexual dysfunction, alcoholic men. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Six okay. to ten percent of patients getting abuse suffer from sexual dysfunction. So there it is. So it's probably the abuse in your case. The fact that it kept going. 
Now, that means that it might have been – let me just say that it's very common for there to be various kinds of sexual dysfunction early in sobriety, right? Your your body's all crazed. It's changing, changing, changing. But the duration of which you had, it sounded a little weird to me, and I think that's probably the abuse. So although I've never seen it from abuse, it's certainly been reported. I just looked it up, and and there you go. So – and that doesn't mean you shouldn't use abuse, right, because it kept you sober. You may just have to accept that, hey, for a while I may not be doing much. Uh, so there you go, uh, and and he, and your doctor's kind of correct, which is that that's not you know that's worrying about your penis right now is rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, but <laughs> it's yes, not I, that, I, not I, that I it do, should I be do. ignored. I, I understand that. Not, my not my that point was a, it was like a month after I had. I, I, I feel like whenever I brought it up, he should have said something. I know yeah, there are pills I can take and stuff like that. But uh, but, I, I was uh, just curious about. Look, I'm not listen. So get, 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 listen to me clearly. I'm not saying he should not have listened to you. I'm not saying not saying it's not a big deal for a young man. It's a big deal, but we got to get that Titanic from sinking. <laughs> so, so there you right. go. That's right. sort of the thing right now. But anyway, but here's the deal. Um, let's let's get it going. Let, let's get in the program. Let's get get serious about this. As you heard me talk, maybe I don't know if you were on the line earlier, but I was talking to a guy that was really struggling, Sam. And it, it's mm-hmm. it's hard, man. It is really hard when it gets going. Alcoholism is a tough disease, and you gotta you gotta work on it. It doesn't get better by itself. And to try <laughs> half measures usually doesn't work. Right. right. Yep. Okay. Right. You, you ready for it? And and, and I, I was listening. Okay. Um, my, I, I, it's kind of two questions in one. I'm sorry to keep you. Not a problem. Um. So, the, I know I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I definitely know it. I um. My 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 question is: My biggest fear is the withdrawal, and well, that's every yeah. morning. Yeah, um, I, I I'm scared of it. So well, well you should. I'll be. just it's it, that's good. Immediately that's, start. I would call that I would call that healthy because alcohol withdrawal is dangerous. Uh, the, so ideally, you my, should do it in a hospital. Ideally, but even in good hands, a doctor who really knows how to do this, it should be relatively easy. And it should be safe because in, and we never, you know, I, when I did it, I had the luxury of having a nurse sitting on patients and, you know, we could monitor you every 30 minutes. Right. We could make people very comfortable. No problem. Never had any difficulty. In fact, the only complications we really ever had with alcohol was two things. The, the withdrawal was too far out of control by the time the patient came in the hospital because if you let it spiral out of control, it's hard to get it back in control, okay? That's number one. It hurts. It, it hurts uh, really I, bad, man. I, I know. It's it's a horrible It's a dangerous withdrawal. And number two, two weeks later after you're seemingly doing okay, there can be late seizures. Late seizures are kind of a challenge and kind of difficult to kind of – which I have yeah. had. I have so, to hide them from my wife and family, but yeah, yeah. I can so, feel them. So you might want to, you know, it, once you get detox, you might want to be on some kind of anti-seizure medicine, or they might want to put you on it early and just keep you on it for a little while to reduce that risk. And and that works usually quite well. So it, it, there are people that okay. know how to do this. It's a common thing. It's an unfortunate thing. It's a genetic disorder. You've activated it. You didn't want it. But once it's active... Just like any other disease, man, you got to do something about it. And this, it's a little cumbersome, takes time, and it's kind of rough, but it's quite, quite, quite doable. Many have been, and the recoveries, Ronnie, on the other side are amazing. Amazing. There's a, there's a better life for you on the other side. It's amazing, frankly. That's why I, I keep, keep doing it. I know. I know. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right, buddy. Good luck. Okay. Yeah. Right. I appreciate your time. Thank Any, you. Anytime. It's, it's so painful. It's really hard. It's very hard. All right, we're still taking calls here. Um, Josh, what's going on? Hey, Dr. Drew. Um, I had a different kind of question. Um, my question is more about the spiritual turn that you've been talking about. I'm, hope- um, I know what I'm, I'm hoping for, I'm praying for. <laughs> yeah, so what do you think about... So I come from like an Eastern perspective, so I look at meditation first. Mm. Other people would look at the major religions, Christianity, Judaism, mm. Islam... I wanted to know if you think that um, – well, I want to think what you think first, and then I, I could comment if I, if I, I could. I, I, um, I don't have clear thoughts yet. Uh, I have always found my sense of whatever this thing is we call spirituality in relationships and good lives, all right? 
And and I always pointed like Jesus and go, that was a good life, right? Wasn't very happy life. It wasn't super Yahoo. It was he was pretty miserable a lot of the time, but a good life. And we we have sort of mistaken uh, the idea of what uh, uh, what happiness is, you know, what what that is, and it's really a good life and a, and a spiritual connection with other people. But even then, I'm still a little vague about what I'm talking about, and I'm definitely open to all these other notions, whether they're formally religious or Eastern philosophy or what, about this thing we call spirituality. It seems to be highly individualistic. That's the one thing I will tell you. Everyone seems to kind of arrive at it from very different ways in my experience. As someone who's sort of naive to really what's going on, they seem to come at it from different ways. I always have to let people get there, whatever it is, on their own. But once they get there, they all seem to be kind of talking about the same thing, which which yeah. is sort of a connection with something bigger than the self, ultimately. Right? And in this time yeah. of histrionic and narcissism, nothing is more important than me. That's the that's the problem, and people have to get out of their heads. I guess you've just made me have another thought, which is that that's the key thing. I suspect. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna go from a therapeutic perspective, whether it's addiction, like you were just talking to a couple gentlemen um, about the challenges that they're facing, and from there to a mental health perspective, and then from there to a spiritual perspective, and that goes to something that I was thinking about too, which is what do you think about these meditation apps? I think they're great. I have no problem with them if they get you to do it. I, I, here's the thing. Here's the dirty little truth about about um, me, about these meditations and mindfulness. Eighty percent of people have massive benefit from meditation. Eighty percent. That's just simply indisputable. Whether it's anxiety or sleep or whatever it is, the little concern is though. Twenty percent of people get worse. Now, is that 20% doing it wrong or not open to the right thing or is it really something? But that's something that falls out of the medical literature repeatedly is that not everybody, mindfulness does not work for everybody, nearly everybody, but how do you know which category you're in? Well, probably you should give it a try because it's so likely to be helpful. But uh, about 20% don't get much out of it. And I have yeah. to go ahead. I was just going to say I'm not a big fan of them either. I don't use them. I don't think I ever would use them, and I'm a huge meditation advocate. So that's an interesting sort of position uh, that I have because I agree with you, and yet I meditate every day for hours. Well, I, um, I it's just probably don't... like anything else, you know, like, like whatever gets you there, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if, if you need an app, if you need, a, you know, a, some sort of uh, promise of nirvana, whatever it is that gets you there, I'm, I'm, I'm for it. I don't think there's a good way and a bad way to get there. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, the last thing I would say, I don't want to take too much of your time, is that the spiritual turn is important because if you look at how the government has handled the pandemic, yeah. that comes from a higher source, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Because the spirituality is tied up in everything that yeah. we do. Yeah. Um, and it would be interesting to see if a spiritual turn could, from the top, very, very top down, kind of fix a lot of the ways I, we're thinking about I'm, things. I'm fascinated. I'm, in, I'm open. I, listen, I, I said about two or three years – when did I start talking about this? Maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago. I started saying this country is due for another Great Awakening. Now, I didn't know quite what I meant, but I could feel it. And I still don't know quite what I meant. Um, but I know that this country goes through these awakenings. That's what we do in this country, it seems like. We've done it like three times. And I don't know what the Great Awakening is going to be or how it's going to – what form it's going to take. But you and I should remember this conversation if we start to see hints of it, okay? Yeah, and I would just say I'm not against the meditation apps because I think they, they serve a foundation yeah. for that type of thinking, yeah. but I don't think they're the answer okay. in themselves. All right, fair enough. Oh, and uh, yeah, good. good opinion. Thanks, Josh. Well, you've heard me talk about USANA. They created the USANA Active Nutrition. They sent me a box of Active Nutrition products, and along with being delicious, they're made with high-quality ingredients, backed by thorough research and cutting-edge science. Not only are they a company you can trust, 
It is trusted by thousands of Olympic and professional athletes around the world. Some of the exciting new products you'll find in your USANA Active Nutrition line include the convenient peanut butter snack bar you've heard me talk about that I dig so much, the electrolyte replacement drink, again, cannot emphasize the importance of not just water replacement, but electrolyte, and their teas for gut health and metabolism, plus for metabolic support. Visit USANA.com to see each Active Nutrition product for yourself, and make sure to use the promo code PODCAST15 at check out to save 15% on your active nutrition order. This promotion is for new retail customers only. Some product restrictions may apply. Support your life in motion with USANA Active Nutrition. You've heard me talk about AMCN and maybe you were surprised to find out that a, an emergency medical flight not might not be covered, but Comprehensive coverage, you can still get hit with deductibles and co-pays. Protect your family and your finances with an Air MedCare Network membership. As a member, if an emergency arises, the expense of air medical transport is completely covered when flown by an AMCN provider. Membership costs as little as $85 per year and covers your entire household every day, even when you're away from home. That's just pennies a day. We all know that the unexpected can happen. An AMCN membership is protection no family should be without. And for a limited time, as a Dr. Drew podcast listener, you will get up to a $50 e-gift card when you join. Simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash Drew and use offer code Drew for that $50 e-gift card. Uh, Casey, what's up? Hey, Dr. Drew. How are you today? Good. What's happening, my friend? Oh, actually, I'm going uh, over a uh, little something our friend Joe Giannotti posted on drdrew.locals.com, uh, mm-hmm. uh, which is the FDA uh, asking a federal judge to make the public wait until 2076 to disclose all of the data and uh, information it relied, uh, relied upon uh, licensing the uh, COVID nineteen. I am aware uh, of I, this. I'm aware of this. Do you hear about this, Gary? You, you bring it. This to, is new to me. Bring it to Corolla's attention. He will go ape shit. I suspect. I, I think we should wait for you to bring it to his attention next week. Yeah. Okay. If yeah. you want, I, well, there'll be more to be revealed. So what's happened is the FDA has gone to a federal judge and said, "Lock this up for fifty years," and that is what you call a tell. <laughs> I don't like that. No, you should not like that. And does it not go at what the fuck I've been saying the whole time, which is the obscuring of information is what creates the resistance and the problems with their public health messaging. If you further obscure things, look, we know this vaccine has problems. It's worth it, in my humble opinion. But to pretend that we don't know what the problems are, we can't talk about what the problems are, or that discussing anything realistic about what's going on is going to somehow side I, – I, I can at, one, at once be concerned about side effects and recommend the vaccine. I do that with medication all the time. I have lots of medicine I use. I'm terribly concerned about the side effects, and I still use it because the risk-reward demands it. If we were relying more on physicians and more the medical system and less on our government to do this, this is how it would work. You'd have a trusted source. We'd sit down and talk about it, and I'd go, I'm still telling you to do it. What's the matter? You're shaking your head no. No, I'm, no, I'm not shaking my head no. I'm just I'm remembering a re- recent conversation you and I had about physicians and, and pharmacists, pharmacists yes. and just it's awful. It's awful. It's it's I I never imagined, and and I thank God I'm as far along in my career as I am because if I were in my 30s, I was such an evangelical healthcare provider. I thought what I was doing was so important; that the job was so critical and so necessary. And so, hey, it was. It, it still is, but I can't do it anymore the way I used to do it, and uh, it's been usurped by regulation and and authorities, and it's just out of control. I just saw yesterday the AMA is going to step in and start exerting their authority on physicians who aren't. I guess they 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 they, they the words they use. I read their document, and it was like it was like oh my god, they're giving themselves unlimited power. So now the AMA is going to get in and start sanctioning physicians if they don't like the way they're talking. AMA, let me just tell you something. First of all, good. Your job is to support physicians and to keep us all on the same page. And you should certainly educate or have conversations with physicians or bring other peers into the conversation. But if you go about fiat and who knows where you're going to go with this, just encumbering physicians with their license or fines or whatever it might be. I urge every physician to stop their membership with the AMA. The AMA is just its just a lobby group. It's something we pay into 
that's supposed to represent us. That's what it is. But it's looking like it's becoming sort of a a, a strong arm. I will see. I'll give them benefit of the doubt. I'm still a member. I'm a CMA member and an AMA member. People think the AMA determine how we practice medicine. Never. Until this. Now, I get what they're concerned about, but they're going to have to have some sort of due process. I mean, if somebody's really an outlier in hurting people, of course, they should be put on notice and we should be pressuring them to, to get in line with doing what's medical or to defend with literature what their positions are uh, or maybe to be a little more circumspect with what their positions are. But to fiat come after them, I'm very, 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 very concerned about that. Now, this FDA thing, here's the FDA who – a couple of FDA officials resigned, Correct. if you remember, during this process. There's clearly concerns about the safety of this vaccine and some of the side effects they were saying. It was worth the risk. I fully support what the FDA did. It's worth the risk to roll it out. But now talk to people about what you did, what thinking went into it. It's it's sort of not only are you infantilizing and, and sort of taking the position that the public can't handle the information, they need just some sort of unified, weird, fiat, 1984-style messaging. You know, it's weird. It reminds me of that. It reminds me – everything today reminds me of that Apple commercial. Do you remember that, that Apple of commercial I do. where the guy throws the hammer yeah. into the screen? This feels like I don't that. think it's a guy. I think it's a chick. But, chick. yeah, it's a, it, that famous 1980 – it was called 1984. It, yeah, it, it feels like that. It feels like that's what we're doing. And that's not what people need. I am so clear about what people need. And I've been that clear about it from the beginning. And when the press started the panic, I knew the panic would cause more problems than the actual virus. And and, uh, and I underestimated the virus's impact. To be fair, I, I underestimated it. it it's, a, you know, it's a serious thing. Let's not be Pollyanna about this. A very serious thing. But the panic added so much morbidity and mortality upon the, the seriousness that it it just made never made sense to me. It still doesn't make sense to me. And uh, it's so funny. I was back on a news program the other day. I used to do this a local news every night where we, me and uh, anchor would sort of try to figure out the news of the day on COVID. And when in here in LA they had this red, orange, green, red, orange, yellow, green uh, sort of system to tell you what's your level of lockdown and level of this and that's going to be. And I kept saying, it's a, we're never going to get to yellow. We're never going to get past orange. We, if we and if we get to yellow, we certainly aren't getting to green ever, ever, ever. It's not the way this thing works. You sat me down one day and you were like, "Green is statistically impossible." It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. And now they're admitting it. Now they're saying this thing's going to be endemic. Now, when you hear the word endemic, that is code for we're pretty much all going to get this thing. That's what that's what endemic is. Endemic means it's always around. It's always circulating through the population. It goes up and down like the flu. That's endemic, up and down. Probably going to behave a lot like the flu, too. It'll probably change a little bit. We'll have to target vaccines at it. We'll have to have therapeutics for it. It's going to be kind of like the flu. And and not that the flu I'm comparing in terms of seriousness. COVID's worse than the majority of flus, that's for sure. Uh, but endemic means hybrid immunity is what we're sort of going for in this country, which is you have the vaccine, and then you get the infection, and then you're pretty good. Then you're really pretty good. And if you also have therapeutics, monoclonal antibodies, Pfizer pill, all that on top of it, you're in pretty good shape. But to your point, Casey, this FDA thing is deeply, deeply concerning. It, it is I, – I don't even know what to make of it. I'm so concerned about it. You know, how, What do you say? Well, that's my main thing is the fact that – how can I trust something right. that I, trust? I can't research yeah. in the first yeah. place? Yeah, how can I trust? That, that, is, that is what I hear from everybody who's worried about the vaccines or worried about treatments or worried about everything. How can I trust? How can I trust? Yeah, you can't. If they don't, give, if they don't talk to you, how can you trust? When I, when I, I know how to build trust. That's what I do for a profession. I build trust. I get people, by the way, very untrusting people, trauma survivors, alcoholics, addicts, very untrusting. I build their trust. You know what I build? Sit down and talk to them. Talk to them honestly, thoroughly, completely. You just heard me doing it with some of them. I treat them like human beings, smart human beings, because most people can handle this. No problem. And, I, and I've said it a thousand times. I don't understand. We learned this during the AIDS epidemic. We learned how to shape behavior. We learned how to make people adjust their behavior when they're, you know, the, we were adjusting sexual behavior. That's really hard to do. We, had, we did it. We figured out how to do it. Narrative. Relatable sources, you know, relatable characters, cases, study cases, consequences. Teen Mom, that was a perfect example of that. Humor, um, music, that adds to it. That's it. That's how you change health behavior. 
You don't sit on high and yell at people. That is how you create resistance to change. Casey, exactly. That's exactly where I am. Hey, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up AIDS. I don't want to talk your ear off but yeah, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. just uh, was uh, checking out Adam's podcast, and they were talking about how people are starting to build natural immunity to HIV. What was it? What was that? Taking the ear? Was it a- ACS or what were we talking? That must have been an uh, ACS news story. It wasn't taking the. Well, there were two cases. Yeah, let's see. It was. It was Gina was okay. talking about it okay. this morning. So, so, so there's two cases probably yesterday, I guess. Then. Yeah, I was working yeah. on another show during yeah. that, so I didn't hear. Okay. It. So, so. Oh, okay. There are two cases of HIV having been cleared by somebody's immune system. I'm assuming with long-standing antiviral therapy. So the idea is that if they can figure out how those two people were able to to clear the virus completely, cure, then they'll be able to target that a little bit therapeutically. That's that, definitely the story. Yeah. That that because it's an outlying thing, it's an interesting thing. It's not something to really uh it's still part of the evolution of how we understand AIDS and what we're going to do for treatment. So so my 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 so for instance, if they can figure out what that immune system did to get rid of the virus, Maybe we can build a vaccine with the mRNA to goose our own immune systems to do the same thing. You get it? In my That's limited, what I was re- yeah. In my limited reading here, it looks like one of the two women, one of the two people who yeah. cleared it, was a 31 year old who took antivirals for a long time. For, no, for six months during pregnancy to prevent trying to spread it to her child, and then after the baby was born sophisticated blood tests are showing no signs well and, and so that's a fascinating example i need i need a ton more information yeah. no it's like, <laughs> it, i mean it, how, and how do yeah. you replicate that right it's well it's gonna be it, hard and let's just point out that that during pregnancy the female has a foreign body in her system and so the immune system goes through all kinds of changes now i'm not saying it's entirely a foreign body right it's a highly specialized unit the the placenta and the and the uterus but effectively, the immune system still wants to attack all that. And so you, the female immune system has to be able to adjust to that. And that is a, a very complicated thing. I don't think we even fully understand. Anyway, Casey, thank you so much, buddy. Good to talk to you. You as well. All right. Stay well. Uh, and uh, that'll about do it for today. We thank you so much for being here. Again, uh, do check out uh, my Instagram, Dr. Drew Pinsky, where I got some of these calls today. I announced it over Instagram. We're also on Locals. You heard somebody mention Locals, locals.com slash Dr. Drew. Uh, I'm trying to try to get back on TikTok at Dr. Drew. And again, the Instagram is at Dr. Drew Pinsky. If you want everything I'm doing, it's at drdrew.com. And we do a streaming show. You also heard us reference today at uh, drdrew.tv. You'll get blast for that. We do it three, four days a week in the afternoon Pacific time. And uh, and if you really want to get exposed to all those uh, inside <laughs> language, uh, if you want to get exposed to the inside language of your mom's house and all the characters there, it's uh, Dr. Drew After Dark. And uh, we will talk to you next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. 